This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. I want to stop for a moment today and just celebrate Easter with you, everybody. Last week was an awesome Sunday. How many enjoyed Easter last week? Jesus, chocolate, music. It was just a great day all around. And we had a, a huge crowd here last week. We saw around 15 people start a journey of faith last week. Uh, that's something to celebrate. We had so many guests. And uh, I want to let you know, you guys stepped up in a real big way inviting people. And I just want to applaud you and say how awesome that was. And From the social media posts to inviting people. I got more texts. I'm inviting my barista. I'm inviting my hairdresser. I'm inviting... This person, and we saw people come, and, and uh, people enjoyed last Sunday. I just want to say thank you and celebrate you guys for inviting people. And the vision of Nova Church is, we always say this, we're building a church for people that could be far from God who we've never met. I'm going to just let this sink in for a minute. That's why we're building this. And sometimes in church culture, it turns into a club that we got my seat and my people. We don't want to be a club. We want to be a community that the doors are always wide open for people to come. And we're building it for people we've never met. So if we've never met you, this is all for you. And we're really glad you're here. But that's, that goes into everything we do. That's why we have fun here. That's why last week there was an Easter bunny jumping around. That's why there was chocolate. That's why the music is loud. Because we believe dead church helps nobody. That's why there's earplugs at the door. Some of you are so good. You're like, man, I don't like it loud, but I love this church. And we're like, we want to help you. We have earplugs available. And that's not a joke. Just take those. Put those in. Just some of you put them in when I preach. I see you. I see you. It's like, you don't use it for the music. You're like, all right, here we go. I'm like, no, I see you right now. But we, we believe dead church helps nobody. That's why we want good coffee. Come on. We want it loud. We want the lights going. We believe in excellence because we believe God is so good. This message is so important. We don't need people to show up here and go, I don't need to be bored on Sunday. I don't need to like, go to something that's dead on Sunday. If God is alive, come on, so should his church. And we're a lot of things, but we ain't boring, are we, Nance? This is not what boring looks like. And uh, we just want to let you know that's our vision for our church. And if you're getting a hold of this, that's why the lights are bright. And dimming, that's why this, the music is loud, that's why there's bouncy castles, and we are excited because we believe we are here to help love our city. And I believe that should include a lot of fun. Can someone say amen? It's okay to have fun in church. We're here enough, we may as well enjoy it. Amen? And I let you know, you can be loud in church, it's okay to amen me, it's okay whether to say that is good, whether it is good, or by faith it will become good shortly, just keep saying it, say that's so good. You can clap, you can throw chocolate, whatever you want, but we are an active, alive church. This Sunday, we're starting a new series called Will Power, you'll see it behind me. It's a three-week series on the, on the power of God's will for your life. Let me read our main verse today. Uh, it's found in Psalm 91, verse 3 and 4. If you don't have a Bible, you'll see it on the, the screen behind me. And this is the verse that is the root, the foundation of this series, because God is so good. Here we go, reading in verse 3. For he, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He, say it with me, will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are an armor and a 
protection. I love this verse because it explains the heart of God. It says he will rescue you. He will cover you. He will shelter you. The will of God is good for our life and there is power in his will. For the next few weeks, we're talking about the power of God's will. He is a God that is for us. He is a God that is fighting for us, not against us. He is a God that is protecting us. He is a God that is loving us and his will or his plan is powerful. And if we know his plan and we know his will, there's power in our life. We can change the way we live and also help someone else. Can someone say amen? Can we pray today? Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for everyone that showed up today and those that it was a big move to come here and walk through these doors. And Father, I just want to applaud their courage and thank you that they're here today. Father, I thank you, Father, what you're doing in our church, in our city. Father, we pray these next few minutes would not just be information. But, Father, we believe a transformation would happen, that as we read your word, something would happen inside of us, that we'd leave here more in love with you, more like you, and more excited about your will for our life. Father, I pray you bless everyone on the side of my voice. Right now, bless our kids' ministry. As they're loving on our kids right now and having fun and teaching them from your word, would you bless them today? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. You ever meet somebody and have an opinion on somebody before you meet them? Like, you ever, you ever maybe you heard about somebody, maybe, maybe it's through social media, and you, you're aware of somebody, and I'm, I'm not the only one that does this, and you form an opinion of what they're like, whether you like them or not, whether you want to hang out with them or not, before you ever meet them. Am I the only one in this room? Thank you for being honest. You're the only one in the room. Am I the only one that does that? I'm like, I, I wouldn't like that guy. Yeah, I would. I, I, I'll never forget a little while ago, I was walking into a room, and I would met this person for a while. One day they confessed, go, you know... Before I met you, I didn't like you. I'm like, well, that's fair. <laughs> They're like, no, so, like, I, you know, I, I knew about you from some other people, but from your social media to things I heard, I already said I didn't like you. I'm like, what's your Instagram name? They told me, I'm like, I'm blocking you right now. <laughs> people form an opinion all the time, and sometimes it's like, I don't like the way they dress, I don't like the way they laugh, I don't like the way they roll, and, and, and somehow this happens, or maybe you have someone that doesn't like somebody, and they tell you. You're like, well, you don't like them? Well, I don't like them. And we form opinions on people before we ever get to know them. Isn't that true? I don't know about you, but I'm a very likable person. I'm humble, and I'm proud of that. I think I'm hilarious. Thank you, Andrew. You're my favorite today. You know what? People do this with God all the time. People have an opinion of God based on other people's experiences or maybe things they've heard without ever meeting him. People say this all the time, man, God's mad. Talking to one guy last week, an amazing guest last week, he's like, came back to church because I believed a lie, that God was mad at me, and he went through some reasons why he thought that, and people have an opinion either based on the way they, oh, this person likes God, this person hangs out with God, I don't like them, so if I don't like them, I don't like God. If I don't like his crew, I'm not going to like him. Or maybe it's because of things they've heard or past experiences, and we do this all the time. The foundation today, as we unpack this series with the will of God, the plan of God, the foundation of this whole thing is that God is good. I'm not, I'm not in construction, obviously. You, know, you couldn't make it built like this. No, no construction guy wears skinny jeans. Come on, somebody. But, but I have always learned the importance of a foundation. The foundation determines the height and the width and the strength of any building. The foundation of our faith, the foundation of this series, is that the will of God is good. I need to spend some time on this moment because if you don't get this, you'll get information. But I don't know what you've heard or where you've been, but you need to know today God is very good. God is also for us. 
somewhere in our mind, because God has standards and God has, has said things, we think that, that God is against us. Listen, God may not agree with our lives all the time, but he loves us. I love my kids. I don't always agree with them. My wife loves me, but sometimes I'm wrong she doesn't, and she doesn't agree with me. Loving and agreeing aren't the same thing. And they mistake the standard and the holiness of God as God being against them. God is for us. God is so good. And you need to understand that today. That is the foundation. It says this in Psalms 107, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. That means his love endures more than you. It endures more than your behavior, than your good records, your bad record, than your behavior, than your regrets or your dreams. His love outlasts your behavior and your actions. His love endures beyond anything you could do. God is that good. His love endures. Some people, their love is, is based on whether how you treat them. If there's a shelf life and a season life to their love, God's love endures beyond seasons, beyond struggles, beyond your behavior. God's love endures. That's good news today. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, a quoted verse that's so powerful. It was talking for God's people who were in exile, but it also applies to us today. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Listen, God is so good, he has hope for you. He has a future. Can I tell you, if there's something we need in our city, if there's something, a currency we need to spend liberally, it's hope. People are dying, literally dying for hope. You can live for a certain amount of time without water or food, but you cannot live without hope. We have a city dying for hope. God has a hope for us today. And whether you're going through a trial or you're going through a triumph, whether you're on the mountain or the mountain's on you, you have hope today. Why? Because God is for you. His love endures, and he has a plan for good to help you, not harm you, and you can have hope today. Oh, I take great encouragement in that. Ephesians 3.20, now all the glory to God who is able through his mighty power. Oh, God is not weak today. He's not like the Montreal Canadiens. He's actually winning today. He's like the Leafs today. I'll just do anything to get you engaged, all right? To work within us. I won't bring up the Jets because I knew we have some Winnipeggers in the room today. <laughs> to accomplish affinity more than you might ask or think. Another version says, he can do more than you can even imagine. I want to let you know today, God's will is better than you can even dream. Yeah. My father's one of these dreamers. Once in a while, I'll be driving. He'll say, if I want a million dollars, you know what I do? And he gives me this list. For my whole life, my father would just say, if I ever want a million dollars, the problem is he doesn't play the lottery. I'm like, dad. Like, but he's like, if I ever had a million dollars, and he goes through from a motor home to this kind of car, and I give you guys this much money, I'm like, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down right now. I like that. But dad can dream. Can I let you know? If you have dreams for your life, dreams for your marriage, dreams for your kids, it says God's plan for us is better than we can imagine. I got a good imagination. Any dreamers in the place? I can dream. I could dream about my kids, and I dream about my family, I dream about life, dream about this church. And God says, you know what? You dream, you plan, you have an imagination, but I am better than all that because my plan is so good today. That is how good God is. Today I want to start this series, starting with the verse found in Matthew chapter 6. It's a story, and it's the Lord's Prayer. I know it as the Lord's Prayer. Where Jesus is teaching people to pray, talking about God's will today. We're going to unpack in the next few weeks what God's will says He's doing for us, what he's fighting for us, how he can help us. It involves our health and our finances, it involves our relationships. God's, before we unpack that, I want to build a foundation today, which is a starting point of willpower, the power of God's will, starting with the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. 
It says this in the first part in 9 and 10. It says, pray like this. Jesus said, when you pray, I love this. Jesus says, I want to teach you how to pray. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I learned this verse from another version, and I learned our Father. Do you know it? Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is painting this picture of heaven and earth. And there's a contrast there. We don't have to dive deep into conversation to realize there are some struggles here in our lives. There are health struggles. There are financial struggles. There is relationship struggles. There is stuff going on. Tragedy and pain and loss. And heaven is this place where there is no loss. There is no pain. There's, there is no, there, there is no uh, barriers in relationship. There is no need. There is no hunger. There is no racism. There is no, there is no injustice. Heaven is this place. And in prayer, Jesus is going, pray that as it is in heaven, it would be on earth. That's a beautiful picture right there. So many people are trying to get to heaven, and I'm thankful that this is not our destination. We are just travelers on a journey. This is a chapter in a bigger book. This is an important chapter, but this is not home. Heaven is our home. Eternity is real. But so many people are trying to get to heaven, but Jesus said, listen, our focus is trying to get heaven here. Our goal is not to get people in here going, okay, you're good. You know God. You go to heaven. Our job as Christians is go, we know where we're going, but can we help our city and bring some peace and some joy and some love and some justice? And can we help somebody? Can we eradicate some racism and injustice and poverty? Can we eradicate pain and loss? Can we be ambassadors of heaven to earth? You know what's interesting in this? He says, he prays, he said, I, I, I pray that, Pray that, God, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Why did Jesus get us to pray, God, your will be done? Here's why. Because God very seldom gets his will. That might rock your thought a little bit. But Jesus prayed, said, when you pray, say, God, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Why? Because we know you have your will in heaven, but you don't have your will on earth. See, God, why is there loss and pain? Why is there tragedy? Because God doesn't have his will all the time. That's why Jesus said pray for it. Why? God's will only abounds where he has authority. And God's, God's will is good when we let him be in charge. And there's an authority thing we deal with. In heaven, God's in charge. His will abounds. But we have the freedom of choice. We can choose to follow God or walk away from God. We can choose to do good or walk away from good. And when we give up that right to God, you're in charge. His will abounds. I want to let you know today, God is good. And God's will has power when he is in charge. God doesn't always get his way because we don't always put God in charge. That's why evil people do evil things. That's why there is loss. The main verse today of, 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 of Psalm 91, 3 and 4, if we can put that on the screen today, Jeremy, the main verse, our theme verse today, it says, he will rescue you from every trap. That's good news. He will protect you and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers, which is protection and authority. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. That is God's will. But let's back it up to the verse just before that. We're going to back it up to verse 2. Before God says what he's going to do, we read verse 2 and it says it this way. For I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God, please don't miss this, and I trust him. 
know what that's saying there? Before God can show the power of his will, you've got to let him be in charge. When you trust somebody, what you're saying is you have authority. I've learned this a long time ago. It's only trust when you don't understand. Sometimes my kids will say things like, but why can't I do that? I'm like, you don't know the people I know. You don't know the situation I've been through. I got some more years than you. I can't explain it to you. You just got to trust me. I don't want you going down that street. I don't want you going out at this time. I don't want you checking the DM on your Instagram at this time of night. You just need to trust me. There's some things you don't understand. Come on, but you got to trust me. Trust, it's only trust when you don't understand. And it's only submission when you disagree. If I said to my kids, I want to give you $1,000 each, they're like, you know what, I'll take that. But if I said, listen, listen, you need to do some chores, and we need to take out the green bin because I hate doing it. Come on, somebody. And, you know, there's going to be an allowance. If they submit and go, okay, we'll take out the green bin. It's only submission when you disagree. Only, you know, the very base of this whole thing of God's goodness and his will is on if we give him the authority to be in charge in our life. See, everybody wants the goodness of God, but not everybody wants the authority of God. The challenge we face is we want the good without the God. This is the challenge we deal with. Everybody wants the good, but they don't want the God. They want the blessing, but they don't want the blesser. And you can't separate the will of God from the authority of God. Everybody's like, well, if God is good, why don't I? And, 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 and there's been churches and preachers and, and, and that have always talked about the blessing of God and basically saying, if you give enough money, all your bills will be covered. All that. Listen, this is not an, a, an investment scheme. This is about the authority of God, that you can't have the blessing of God without the authority of God. That God protects who people let lead. Today, I want to encourage you that God's will for your life is so good. But the key to having God's will in your life, this is the, the point. This is what I want you to take away today. The goodness of God is connected to the guidance of God. Oh, God's so good. He is so much for us. But the goodness of God is directly connected, tied to the guidance of God. God blesses those he leads. Matthew 6, 28. There's this verse, passage of verses, and he's talking about, Jesus is talking about how God supplies needs. And I don't know about you, but there are stresses and there are bills and there are stuff. We're worrying about what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear and where we're going to live. And life has a way of being stressful. And Jesus, that hasn't changed over decades or centuries. And Jesus is addressing people who have needs. And we pick it up here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, and he's talking, and he says this, why, why are you worried about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, got, uh, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Some, you walk by a flower shop, you just walk through you know, the beauty of nature. He said, you know, the richest person in the world couldn't compete with nature. And he said, but if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown out tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Then he says in verse 31, don't worry about these things saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? I could say, what are we going to live? How are we going to afford this? How are we going to put our kids through school? How are we going to, my kids got messed up teeth. How are we going to get some uh, braces on there? How are we going to do all this stuff? He says, these things dominate your thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. This is the key right here. He's saying, I'm good. I'm good. But then he brings in the guidance. He says, but seek first, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. Listen, God supplies where he leads. That is good news today because God is wanting to lead us 
into a good plan that's actually better than ours. No, no, I'll do me. I'll do me. i got a plan for my life. God goes, no, no, my plan's better than you can even imagine or dream. And if we let God lead, that's where God's goodness flows. We, we deal with this with our kids. Me, me and my wife joke all the time. We're like, when we grow up, we want to be our kids. Anybody else? Kids have like an amazing life here. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Morgan's, get your hands up. Miller's, get your hands up. Murphy's, get your hands up. Like, like our kids, were like, man, when I retire, I want my kid's life. Am I the only one that does that? Man, my kid's got it good. I'm like, I just, I don't believe in reincarnation, but if I did, I'd come back as my own kid. Is that even, I don't even know. Like, they, their life is so good, and we joke about this. Like, our kids have a good. Me, me and my wife have provided this life. There's a lot of laughter in our home. We laugh, usually at Nancy, and, uh, and then she chases us because she gets mad, and God's still working on her, but, but we laugh a lot in our home. We laugh. Man, we laugh. Our house is full of laughter. It's full of love. It's a safe place. We supply their needs, shelter, food, education, and we even supply some of their wants. Life is pretty good. Adventure, soccer. By the way, parents, <laughs> those that play hockey, I just need to applaud you right now. The gear, what that costs. When we, our kids were getting into the sports, we said, we need the cheapest sport possible. Something like one ball and a pair of shoes. That's all they need. In fact, you can't even afford the ball. Someone else will bring it. Just bring your shoes. That narrowed it down to soccer, basketball, or bowling. Come on. And I'm from Sackville, so bowling was an option, but we went with soccer. But we supply not only needs, but wants. We supply pizza, more pizza than it probably should be allowed. We, we supply, we have a commitment to helping our kids discover their giftings and their purpose and their style and to develop friendships. But here's where the conflict comes in as a parent. My, my kids love our goodness. They love the goodness of being the miller, but sometimes they don't want the guidance of being a miller. In parenting, that's where the struggle comes in. The kids, our kids, I was the same way with my parents, is they enjoy the goodness of our family, but sometimes the struggle comes in, maybe in the teenage years, maybe those terrible twos, maybe those terrible 20s, if they're still living home in their terrible 30s. Come on, somebody. They want the goodness of your family, but they don't want the leadership from your family. And when we have a struggle, it's, no, it's time for bed. No, you have to have a shower. No, you have to help with this. We need to get this done. And when there's conflict, it's never over the goodness. It's over the guidance. I want to encourage you to say, God has a good plan. But sometimes the guidance, Easter Sunday, Easter was a great, we, we gave our kids candy because candy makes everything better. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and, and, and I st have stolen most of it since Easter. At night, I tuck them in and take candy every single day. And uh, I keep blaming it on the other one. That must have been your brother that took your candy, Maddie. Josh, I think Maddie's sneaking in here. Meanwhile, I'm putting on weight as we speak. And uh, one day this week, Maddie, 7 in the morning, she's not here so I can talk about her, she, she had cotton candy for breakfast. She's sitting on the couch. What's up, Mike? She calls me Mike. She says, what's up, Mike? And she's putting back cotton candy at a record rate. I'm like, oh, my God, that looks so good. But that's wrong because I know your mother's coming down the steps in any moment. I'm like, let's give me some quick. No, that's wrong. That's so wrong. And I remember saying, listen, the goodness was the cotton candy. This would be funny if it wasn't true, but it's so true. She's sitting there eating cotton candy at 7 in the morning. I'm like, hey, girl, baby girl, listen, the guidance says you've got to have at least a celery stick before you put some cotton candy in your mouth. You need some nuts or twigs or rocks or something with some fiber before we put that stuff in you. And there's a pushback going, oh, I'm not hungry. You know, it's interesting how we struggle, not with the goodness, but the guidance. So we have to remind our kids, what does it mean to be a miller? We, we, we made this a couple years ago. It's called the Miller Family Creed. 
We put this on our, in our house and when you walk in and it has our family values. Why? Because we want to remind our kids, you see the goodness daily, but don't forget who you are and the guidance of our family. You want the goodness of being a Miller, but you better know the identity and the guidance of being a Miller. What, me and Nancy signed it and then when our kids hit 12, they signed it. We had this big party and they signed it and all their friends are there and Josh signed it two years ago. We had all his friends over and we, we prayed over them and we laughed and we had cotton candy and pizza and it was awesome. And we said, hey, by the way, what you're saying is not only do I enjoy the goodness, but I'm all in on the guidance. And when Maddie turns 12 this Christmas, this December, she'll sign her name at 12 years of age. Can I read you what it means to be a Miller? And this is not exhaustive, but we just think it helps form our identity. It says this. You'll see it on the screen behind me. It says, the Miller family creed. It says, we are generous with our time, hearts, and possessions. We laugh often and hard and have, many, and have buoyant spirits even in stormy seasons. We live on purpose, with purpose, knowing we have a God-given assignment for our lives and will not settle for less. We believe that right choices lead to right emotions. We are thankful. Anybody thankful here today? I'm so thankful. We are active in our faith, our family, our friendships, our culture, refusing to be spectators. We believe in second chances. We see the glass half full and choose to speak hope and life daily. We believe in people, ourselves, and miracles since you came along, you wonderful thing. I added that part. We, we do what's right, not what's popular. Basing our beliefs on God's word, not culture's trends. We believe our friends today determine our future tomorrow. We are loyal to our family, and we love each other, all the pounds in the world, always and forever, till the end of time, no matter what. And then we sign it. And then at Christmas time, we print these off as placemats, and we eat our Christmas meal. That is our placemat. It's when you walk in our door, we remind it all the time. Our kids are looking at it. Why? Because they enjoy the goodness, but they have to embrace the guidance. My friends, I want to let you know, God has wrote out our family creed in here. And God is for us. And we enjoy the goodness of God, but we, as we unpack the will of God for the next few weeks, of everything God has for us that is good, we need to know that his goodness is directly connected to his guidance. God leads and blesses those that follow him. Today, I want to encourage you today, don't reject his guidance so we can enjoy his goodness. God's will has good things for us. Resources. Money is a good thing. Did you know that? People say money can't buy you happiness. I disagree. Money can't buy you joy. That comes from knowing you're right with God. But happiness is based on external circumstances. I'm telling you, if you gave me $10,000, we'd be happy. Joy lasts through rough seasons, through all that. But happiness is something different. But, but money is not bad. Did you know that? Sometimes people get all worked up about money in church. Money is just a tool for good or for evil. You can help someone, feed someone that's homeless with money. You can buy drugs with money. You know, the love of, the, the Bible says not that money is evil. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. It's, God doesn't concern us having things. He's concerned when things have us. I know some people that are greedy and they got nothing. Because greedy isn't based on what you have. It's who you are. It's a spirit. Can I encourage you? God wants to bless us with our resources. God wants you to have enough to pay your rent and your mortgage. God wants you to have food on your table. God has goodness. He has goodness for us. You know, another thing I was thinking about is, 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 is sex. Sex is good, and sex is from God. I got one. I was just waiting. Who's going to be brave enough to amen that one? Amen. You know, preach, you know, stand in ovation. People say, there's teenagers in the room. Yeah, they need to know this because they know more than you think they know. If they have Instagram, they know more than you think they know. 
But sometimes we think sex is shameful and dirty and something that is taboo. Listen, God designed it. It is good. It is from God if it's done God's way. I want to let you know today that so many people are wrapped up in this. And, but when it's taken outside of God's boundaries of what God intended, it brings heartache, pain, and shame. God wants to bless us with goodness within the guidance that he set up. Finances is a part of that. Sex is a part of that. Relationships is a part of that. There are so many blessings in God's will to bless your life if we understand the guidance of God. Today I want to encourage you. It's not just his goodness. It's his guidance. There is divine protection, providing, and promotion when we commit to follow the leading of Jesus. This Bible is God saying, hey, here's how to live. These are the guidelines to help you. That's what a life of faith is. It's the goodness offered from God's will, but it's directly attached to the guidance he sets out. Oh, listen, there's a blessing available. And God wants to lead us. Go, hey, I want to lead you through that. And submitting. That's why I have no problem giving to church. The reason why people have a problem giving in church, because a lot of churches are after your money. People get a bad taste in their mouth. God's not after your money. He's after your heart. If he has your heart, he'll have no problem getting forgiveness from you for other people. No problem dealing with racism in your heart. No problem getting money out of your pocket. No problem getting time out of your schedule. Why? Because it's a heart issue. And when you under, see, the difference with giving for me is I don't think this is mine. I think, no, no, this is the goodness of God. And because it all came from God, I don't mind where he directs it. See, I'm just a funnel for what God's given me. My time, my forgiveness, my finances, my grace, my energy, my family. They're not my kids, they're God's kids. And God says, hey, I want you to launch them into purpose. That's my job. This is not, this, God's given me this wonderful wife and I'm responsible for how I deal with what God gave me. From my sexuality to my finances to my emotions to my temper to everything is, comes from God. And he says, hey, let me use this. And I enjoy the goodness when I embrace the guidance. Here's a challenge today, two challenges. Some of you enjoy God's goodness, but maybe you don't embrace his guidance. It's a God, you know, I enjoy this, but that's, that's, that's my relationship. Well, that, that, that's my finances. That's, that's my talents. Can I encourage you today that God wants to bless who he leads. He wants to be good to who he guides to. And we're on this journey of God's will. Can I let you know that God wants to guide you? I don't know about you, but it's like taking my hands off the wheel. To quote the Carrie Underwood song, Jesus, take the wheel. Because he knows where he's going. His destination is better than my own. And I know when I get my hands on my life, I usually have a wreck. And I get myself in trouble. I say, God, it's your goodness, but it's also your guidance. These next few weeks, we're going to talk about the goodness of God. And I believe God's going to guide you. And God's going to bless us. We believe God see God start to do miracles in your finances, in your health, in relationships. As God's goodness rushes in, as we let God have his will, not only in heaven, but on earth, in my life, in my marriage, in my parenting, in your singleness, in your business, that God's guidance can help us. Amen? I want to challenge you today. Secondly, you may say, Mike, I'm new here, and maybe uh, I've never known God. The first part of understanding the goodness of God is saying, God, I want to give you my life. I want you to lead me today. We use terms like getting saved. We use terms like um, starting a commitment of faith or journey of faith. And really what it is, it's, it's not that complicated. It's saying, God, will you lead me? Will you lead me in my life? Will you just like show me how to live this life? The Bible uses the words like lordship or he's in charge. And what it says is, God, I now put you in charge. See, where we resist isn't the goodness, it's the authority. But when you come into a journey of faith, you're not joining a church. This is bigger than a church. So many good churches in the city, 
around this country. It's not about the church, but saying, God, I want to follow you. Will you lead me? Will you help me? I'm a better husband because God leads me. I'm a better father because God leads me. I'm a better pastor when God leads me. And in your life today, we want to give you the opportunity to say, man, I've never said God lead me. I've never said, God, would you take control? Would you lead my life? Because I want your will to be done on in heaven, but also in earth. God, I, I want to follow you today. Under the sound of my voice, if you've never started a relationship with Christ, I'm going to give you a moment just to pray that prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, this is a personal thing. It's not a public thing. It's not a thing where anything between you and God, if you every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Mike, it's not joining a church. It's not that. It's bigger than Nova. You're like, I want to know, I want God to leave me because I do believe God is good. I'm hearing what you're saying. I know God's got a plan and I've made a mess of my life and I've done it on my own and I may have success and I may have, but there's something missing. I need the guidance of God. On the count of three, with every head bowed, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three, if that's you, to raise your hand and then put it right back down and that's it. And we're gonna pray today and believe today you start a journey, not only enjoying the goodness of God, but the guidance of God. All over this place, one, if that's you, we believe today can be a change in your life where the goodness and guidance of God can rush in to and lead you into the future beyond imagination, beyond compare, relationally, financially, emotionally. God is good, but he wants to lead us all over this place. If that's you, three, just raise your hand real high in this place. Put it right up and put it right back down. Right up and right back down. I see that hand. You can put that down. Thank you. One more moment. This is the best decision you'll ever make. There's so much good. I see that hand. You can put it right back down. Awesome. Can we all stand together today as we get ready to close? I'm going to pray today. For those two that I saw, there may be more. Two that put their hand up today. I want to applaud you and say, you'll never go wrong putting your trust in God. Because his goodness overtakes you. It overwhelms you. It blesses you. And the goodness of God rushes in when you give him the guidance of your life. Can we all pray together? Let's agree. Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you for that man, that woman, even the others that put their hand up. And I pray today, in Jesus' name, you would rush in with your guidance and your goodness. God, I pray today they would feel forgiveness. I pray today shame would come off. I pray regret would wash off. I pray today hope would rush in. Father, I pray for a miracle to happen. God, as they give you guidance of their choices, of their life, of their direction, of their future, they give you their past, and they give you their future, that God, you would rush in with guidance and with goodness in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for the rest of us today. May we grow in our submission to your will. God, we need more goodness in our relationships. We need more goodness in our businesses, in our, in our parenting, in our singleness, in our education. But God, I pray we would grow this week in our guidance and God lead us and we will follow. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said.